0: Welcome to the Inspiring Honey show today. I'm so honored and excited to share this conversation with you. It is one that is so filled with truth and so inspiring. And it's one that I'm honestly so excited for you to hear. But I have some very exciting news. So for the month of April, there is a amazing giveaway going on. And all you need to do to be entered to win the giveaway is write a review and leave a rating. So once you write a review and leave a rating, take a screenshot of that and either email it to me. Or screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram, and then you're entered to win the giveaway. All the details for the giveaway will be shared in my email list going out this week. I will send a picture of all the goodies, and they'll also be saved in an Instagram highlight called This Month's Giveaway. I can't wait, and I can't wait to see who wins. This is really exciting and really fun. But without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Guys, I am so excited because on the podcast today we have Kate Warman and I just cannot hear, wait to hear about her wisdom that she has for us. Kate, welcome to the Inspiring Honey Show.
1: Thank you, my girl. I'm so excited to be here and talk about dating and all sorts of goodness as it relates to dating. Yay.
0: Yay. So excited. So the first question that I ask everybody who comes on the podcast is this, and it's the, what are the most inspiring words that you have ever heard or read?
1: Mm, Okay. Well, I am a Christian, so I have to be cliche and say there's so many parts of the Bible that are the most inspiring to me. But um, outside of that, because I feel like any Christian you probably have on here would say something like that. Here is one of my favorite phrases that actually is from a pastor and an author, John Mark Comer. And this has stuck with me. It's from his book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. But he says, who are you becoming by the things that you are doing? Who are you becoming by the things you are doing? And, that has stuck with me because as a Christian living my life for Christ becoming a disciple of Christ living in the way of Jesus what does that truly look like? Am I actually doing that? You know, especially as I'm now an engaged woman we'll talk about that I'm sure but even in the the seasons of singleness and dating and, you know, building my life there's so many times where it's gotten easy to just really hyper focus on my career or hyper focus on dating those two things have been like my crutches in life oftentimes, and have become like the thing that defines the things that define my life. And it has been a challenge and a beautiful journey of continuing to check in with that question. Like, who am I becoming by the things that I am doing? Am I becoming more like Christ? Am I becoming the woman that God wants me to be? what are the disciplines and the habits that I have in my life that are moving me in a healthy, productive direction? And what am I actually doing for God um, other than just existing? Like, am I actually, you know, being the woman that he's called me to be? And so I love that question. It's just not that I don't enjoy an occasional Netflix binge, because I definitely do. Um, but just to ask myself more and more often, like, Am I sabbathing? What are my rhythms and routines? Who am I surrounding myself by? How am I acting and reacting now to my future husband and to my friends and to situations? And so that was probably a way longer answer than you anticipated, but I love that phrase, you know, what John Mark Comer says. And I honestly think about it at least every week, if not sometimes daily.
0: Wow, that is so. So good. And I I just love that within the most inspiring words you've ever heard. You just shared so much wisdom. I'm literally going to write this down because that's something that I want to pray over and reflect on. I think that's just so incredible. (laughs) Mm, Thanks, girl. (laughs) So what inspired you to become a dating expert? And what does that look like?
1: Yeah. So God was the one who inspired me. It sounds cliche, but it's true because I did not have this idea. I was a single girl who stepped into the ring of Christian dating and talking about Christian dating. And if you had told me that five, six years ago, because I've been doing it four years now. I would have thought you were cray-cray. I would have been <laughs> like, you cray-cray. There's no way me with my history, my dating story and background and my failed dating experiences that I'm going to be the one that talks about dating. And so, but it truly, it goes to show that it was not my idea. Cause if it was my, I would never have thought of it, wanted to do it. I would have pushed it on somebody else. But God did put it in my heart. He started putting the idea of a podcast in my heart. And as I prayed about it, I really felt like, yeah, this is something I want to do. And as I prayed about the topic, through a few months, it became clear. Just the word dating kept coming up over and over and I couldn't get it out of my mind, but I pressed against it. I was like, not me, God, no, not dating, not me, no. I don't wanna share any of my stuff publicly. I don't, what am I, like, what credibility do I have? And, you know, in that season, God reminded me, like, I have brought you this far through your journey, through your story of healing, through all, like through just becoming the woman that you are. I have brought you through all these different stages and I will bring you through this too. If you do this, I will bring you through this too. And so I, I really was like, I'm going to take this leap of faith. I'm going to start this podcast called the heart of dating on the subject of Christian dating. And we'll just see what happens. I was very open and surrendered in the process, which just as a side note was not always easy for me as a person because I'm an Enneagram three. I love like just going after things. I'm an achiever. I'm like, let's be the best. Let's do all the things. And I've often struggled, as I said earlier, putting my identity in work. And so with the heart of dating, with it really not being my idea, I truly surrendered what it would look like and what God would do with it from the very beginning. And It was, so how I became a dating expert was really through my own journey, my own learnings, doing a ton of work and healing on myself, and then starting to you know, getting the courage truly to share those things with other people and start dialogues on uncomfortable, on comfortable topics. And so, um, I kind of sometimes hate the word expert because expert assumes that you do it all correctly, um, or that they're like the perfect person who does it. I prefer to say I'm a dating coach, but I do know a lot of things when it comes to dating only because (laughs) I don't do it all right, correctly all the time, but I can definitely give you a lot of good wisdom, but I still am practicing what I preach every day and have to be reminded of, you know, of the, of the good word and how, and be redirected and humbled myself so many different times. But now it's been four years and Heart of Dating has grown from a podcast into, courses that we offer. It's grown into a huge, massive community of singles across the globe doing life together. Community is a huge part of what we do. It led me to writing my first book called Thank You for Rejecting Me. We now host yearly dating conferences from people, again, across the world. And it's just more than I ever could have dreamed of. So, and I love it.
0: (laughs) That's so amazing. And it's just so inspiring to hear how even though you were reluctant at first that you were so obedient to God and God just took your obedience and just opened doors and just had the heart for heart of dating within you so that you could help so many people online and just gain this platform to do everything that you're doing now. It's incredible.
1: Oh, thank you, girl. It is. It's amazing. I had a moment today where I called my fiance and I was like, can you believe all this Like, has happened, that God did all this? Because even with the wedding that we're planning, there's been so many different random blessings. And I'm just like, this, this blessing is really only happening for two reasons. Because God led me to start Heart of Dating and mm-hmm. because God has made everything happen along the way, you know? And so that is why this blessing with the wedding is happening because whatever blessing has happened has come through because of Heart of Dating. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, it's just, he really is so good and does Mm -hmm. things beyond what we could comprehend in our tiny human brains, you know? And so yes. just so amazed and grateful.
0: And he is he is such a good God and he's so present. Like yeah. in every situation, even the things we think that he wouldn't care about, he so cares mm-hmm. about. And he just like yeah. even in my own life. I just see how he intertwines everything for his goodness and his glory. So it's just so cool to hear that in your story and just how humble you are to just praise him through it all. But what are some qualities that women can look for in relationships that would be meaningful relationships and healthy ones? Are there some qualities that women can be on the lookout for?
1: You know, this is funny because we're actually in the process right now of creating this freebie that is your non, it's how to create your non-negotiable list and what to look for basically. And so maybe by the time this airs, Gabrielle, we may have it. So I'll give that link to you for the people. But I, cause I was, I get asked this question so often. I was like, I just want to create a free guide for people to make it really easy. And also I do have an episode on this. If somebody wants to go in more depth back in 2021 of the summer, I did an episode in my compatibility series about non-negotiables. So I'm going to give you a recap. Though right now, um, and if you want more, you can go to those other resources. But one thing that is is so important when you are thinking about what you're looking for is some in someone is to first identify what kind of a person are you. And usually, there are two main types of people. There's a person that has a list of like everything on their list. They have a long laundry list. It's like, what are you looking for? And they know it and they, they have it written down and it is long. It could be pages long in their (laughs) journal and it's like a scroll that opens, you know, one of those CVS receipts, right? (laughs) That it just like goes on and on and on and on. And you're like, whoa, that is a lot of things. And so you could be that person. Or oftentimes then I see on the other side, there are a lot of people that Don't have a lot on their list. They don't really know. They're really unsure. They're like, oh. mean what should even be on there maybe they're dating the wrong kinds of people so on one hand the person with a very long list that person probably has gotten their heart broken or has seen a lot of heartbreak in their life or witnessed that from their parents so they are trying to really protect themselves and they have this giant list on the other side is somebody who maybe is trying to just seek out love and validation and doesn't have a long laundry list and maybe is attracted to the things that they've witnessed in their life so what we don't realize with trauma sometimes is that we date, we're more attracted to unhealthy than healthy sometimes when we have big trauma wounds that haven't been healed or fully addressed. And so that was my story. I say that with so much conviction because I was a person. That didn't have a laundry list of things, and just wanted to be loved and wanted love. And I thought the person was cute. We had chemistry. Great. Uh, all my eggs are in their basket. <laughs> so, yeah. and it led me to many heartbreaking situations, toxic situations, and even, unfortunately, abusive situations. Mm. And so, what kind of person are you? Are the you the person that? probably needs a little more things on your list? (laughs) Or are you the person with a giant laundry list of things? So you need to first identify which kind of person you are. And then we need to go into, okay, well, what is really important? I think both kinds of people need some sort of list, but I truly recommend to just have five main non-negotiables. That's really it. Five or less main non-negotiables. And know that as you date somebody, it's going to take some time to see some of these things. Mm -hmm. You may not know on the first date truly the depth of somebody's faith because I'll tell you what, you may think, oh my gosh, they go to church, they can talk the talk, but you don't really know until you see the person through time what their true walk with God is like, what they're, you know, are they actually practicing what they're preaching? Do they not just know the words in the Bible but actually live them out? Some of these things take longer to see. And so- You have the five, but you have to know that it's gonna take time to see if they actually truly have some of these five things. Um, Now, how do you develop the five? Well, one thing, and it's an exercise that will be in that free B I'm creating, but one thing I really encourage people to do is figure out what are your core values these are the things that matter to you most. They are the things that you constantly fall back on and that you use to help you when you make major life decisions. These are the cornerstones of things and how you're living your life. And, you know, for people of faith, usually, typically faith is one of those core values, but there are more core values than just faith. So um, there's there's a whole bunch out there. In fact you know i'll just read you a few of them some core values might be accountability it might be authenticity it might be family it might be equality or justice it might be joy it might be trust it might be growth it might be vision there are so many different kinds of values out there and a lot of times we haven't thought about it what are our core values what how do i live my life and what do i want what kind of legacy do i want to leave and what what do i want to stand on now all the things i just said maybe all things you care about but what are the core things that are the things that are driving the way that you live and so I recommend that people do a core values exercise to figure out their top two to three core values. Once you know those top top two to three core values, first of all, it's great for you as an individual because it helps you to have a compass to rec- to you know check in with yourself am I living into my core values? Are the actions in my life, who am I becoming by the things that I'm doing, right? Do Are the, thing, are the ways that I'm becoming, the things that I'm doing, are, are they in line with my core values? And so it really is a great litmus test to really test even for yourself where you are and when you're out of alignment with your core values. But then it also helps you to have better discernment and know just in in a better, more strategic way, what you're looking for. And so when I did this exercise, two core values that always, always, always come up for me are faith and growth. And if I was to t- put my hat on two main things, it's probably faith and growth. And probably the other, the third one is curiosity. For me, that would be like my my third one, to ask questions, to just get curious, to the opposite of judgment, getting curious, seeking to understand. And so... Those are probably the three core values for me. Now, I just want to challenge the people listening what are they for you? Don't just take what I just said. What are they for you? Um, And you want to do this exercise. Why is this so important? other than it guiding your life well, how it relates to dating is it will help you to figure out what is on your list of top five non-negotiables because your core values are going to then lead to character qualities or maybe they are character qualities that you want already that you put on that list. For me, Faith or godliness is going to be at the top of my list because that is a core value. I will not be with someone at the end of the day. And my, my husband-to-be is definitely has this quality. Um, and when I've dated, I've looked for that. Second core value, like I said, is growth. So for me, I'm looking for a man who, you know, when I was in the journey of looking for a man, I was looking for somebody who was hungry to grow himself, who had a teachable spirit, who was learning. And I'm not just saying intellectually learning, like, you know, reading a lot of news stuff. I'm saying growing as a person, growing in their character, growing in their faith. And that was important to me. So, what does it look like? Do they have a mentor? Do they go to therapy? How are they learning and growing? And when something hard, comes up, how do they pivot? And what do they look at? Do they blame the other person or do they look at themselves and take ownership? And so, man, I'm talking a lot, Gabrielle, but this there's so many practical things that I think people, it will really help people versus me just saying something that is light and fluffy. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I want to give people actual tools to be able to do this and then use these tools when they go into dating. And so last thing I'll say on this is make sure when you look at your list that it really is character qualities. You need to ask yourself um, this specific question. By putting this quality on this list, would the relationship I'm looking for bring me closer to God Mm -hmm. and be in line with the values that I have for my life? That is the thing you need to ask yourself. So with each quality you put on your non-negotiable list by putting this quality on this list with the, re- the the relationship I'm looking for, bring me closer to God and be in line with the values I have for my life. So I encourage you do this exercise at home, do it with a few friends. It will really, really, really help you. So long-winded answer but I hope that
0: was helpful to your people that was honestly so good and just so much wisdom I'm like digesting everything you said and honestly I wish that I could go back a few years before I like started dating people and just talk to you and get your wisdom and I really wish (laughs) that when I was dating and just going through that that I could have had someone like you to look up to and hear wisdom from so it's just so amazing and so so good my next question for you are what are some tips for individuals to develop deeper connections in relationships whether that's with dating or family or friendships but whatever type of relationship that they want to get deeper connections in what are some tips and ways for a woman to do that
1: that's a great question. I think it leads into honestly having a posture of curiosity. Mm at the core of who we are as humans, all, pretty much all of us want to be known and we want to be seen. And when you are curious and come to the table with curiosity, whether or not, now this is important, whether or not the person is saying something you a hundred percent agree with. Okay. Um, if you come to the table with curiosity without judgment and you're humble, it will help somebody feel seen and, and known. And so, if you are looking for deeper connections, definitely lead with curiosity. And, you know, if you are, even with people who say things that you're like, oh, that seems weird. Okay. Just ask questions, get curious, be a listening ear, get to know their story. Don't assume that you know everything just because they say this one thing about them. Try to, even if you feel yourself judged, making a judgment in your mind, just redirect it. Okay. No, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to get curious. I want to know more about that. I wonder if there's pain underneath that or a story underneath that. And I want to hear and see this person. And the second biggest tip is by just leading also with your own vulnerability. Mm. Um, Vulnerability does breed connection in the most beautiful ways. And I do think lead with vulnerability, but also, you know, with that, have discernment because when I say lead with vulnerability, what I don't want you to do is then go tell a stranger your entire life story and things that you've never told anybody in your life. Okay. That's, that's not safe. And that's not what I'm saying to do. What I'm saying is in, when you have a relationship with somebody, if you want to deepen that relationship, you let them into parts of your story by being courageous and vulnerable. And that will, naturally, for sure, deepen your relationship. Mm -hmm. And vulnerability is beautiful at connecting us with other humans. And so this advice relates to dating, friendships, family, all of the things. And there's so many more things to say, but I would definitely say curiosity and vulnerability.
0: So good and just so much wisdom. So what are some traits and characteristics that are red flags in relationships that people should be like, whoa, like this is way too much. Like this is a huge red flag.
1: (laughs) This is great. So Here's one thing I will say that we, we love the term red flags these days. There's certain terms like that we use way more these days than we ever have. And I love it because before we didn't even look at these things. However, I will say with red flags, okay, red flags are different to me. This isn't a clarification. Red flags are different to me than a deal breaker. And that's kind of what you just described to me, Gabrielle, a deal breaker, like something where you're like, run Forest run, run (laughs) for the hills, right? Like, get out of Dodge, get out of there. Like, this is not safe for you. And versus a red flag. Now, let me explain what I mean. So, a red flag to me is something that is a point of caution. It's like, oh, nope, something isn't right here. And that's where then you use your curiosity. Instead of writing them off immediately, I would say the red flag, let's find out more. Okay. So, let me give you an example. an example is somebody tells you that they have a history of pornography. This is a pretty dramatic example, right? But it's important. You might go, Ooh, Oh my gosh, red flag. Something's going on here. And instead of hearing their story, instead of finding out more and getting curious, you may see that as a red flag. And a lot of people would just be like, run for run. And they would immediately make it a deal breaker. But what I would do is I was asked, I would ask questions like, Where are you at with that? Have you sought accountability? Like, what is your journey with this? What does that look like for you? And where are you at today? Versus drawing conclusions. Because you see, when something pops up to us that might seemingly be a red flag, sometimes by finding out more information and getting curious through learning more about this person, we realize that it's not really a red flag Maybe it's more of an orange flag. Mm. Maybe it's more of a yellow flag. And through time, maybe it's actually a green flag. Maybe it's not even a problem at all. And I just, I like to say that because sometimes we hear things and then we immediately write people off. And I think that it um, flattens a person when we hear something and we don't get curious and just ask more questions. Now, that being said, um, there are things that are deal breakers. And for me, um, this is going to be specific to individuals, but I would definitely look at how does this person treat other people? Mm. Um, Uh, When you are at a place of like a dinner or there's a public worker involved, how are they with that person? Truly, because that if they treat a public worker completely rudely, if they are disrespectful, if they treat them like less subpar human, man, I am like done. Like, this is not okay. That is not a, that is, that is awful. And so I just, I don't stand for that. I don't stand for somebody mistreating a a public worker, um, or somebody just out and about, like, um, I'm, you know, especially somebody who really didn't do that, something that wrong, you know, like their, something was wrong with their meal and the person overreacts and is totally rude to the person. I'm like, this is a problem. Now, another thing that would be a deal breaker is aggression in any way. Now, I'm, I come from abuse in my background. So for me, aggression in any way is a major deal breaker. And this is also very personal to my story, but I would caution... Anybody that if someone is aggressive with you in any way, and I'm not just talking about being angry because being angry isn't a deal breaker, but being aggressive with you, especially if you are a woman, that is a deal breaker. If you are a Christian and this person is sleeping around or they're currently, they were sleeping around, that could potentially be a deal breaker for you depending on your core values. And so there are some things that are deal breakers. Um, I would just urge you to... Have a very small list of deal breakers. Know what they are. And then as things pop up that may feel off to you, it may feel like a red flag, get curious, ask more questions. The red flag may turn into a yellow flag and then be gone. Or the red flag may turn into a deal breaker and you're like, yep, this is actually a major cause for concern and I'm going to run for red.
0: <laughs> that is so good and so wise. And I love how you just explained that in and taking it, like, steps further and and being curious instead of just writing people off. But say you get to the point and the red flag is truly a red flag and you're like, gosh, I got to run for the hills. So what do you do and how do you leave a relationship in a kind way? And do you believe that people can remain friends after a breakup?
1: Well, okay, so... There's a nuance part of this question. I, so when it, there's truly a major red flag and that turns to a deal breaker and it's like, I cannot be with this person. I would recommend with any breakup, the, to what you should think about is how do I leave this person better than I found them to the best of my ability? There's a scale of this because if this person is aggressive and potentially abusive, I would have totally different advice. I would have way more strict get out of there at all costs. you don't owe them you don't owe them a conversation, you leave, you get yourself safe. So there's a totally different subset that if there's any aggression or abuse in any kind, it's a different scenario, okay. But if they, if we're not talking about aggression, abuse, or anything like that, then, but there is something that's a red flag that turns into a deal breaker. Then think that you're better at the best at the top of your mind. How can I leave them better than I found them? And so when you're breaking it off with them, I would. Be honest, as honest as possible. Um, be kind to them, but also be honest. And um, and so you you can be you can tell them why you're ending things with them and how it made you feel. I would definitely you know any person is going to get on the defense when you start using you statements versus I statements. When you start saying you do this, you do that, you da 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 da. The person's immediately like. <laughs> They get their weapons out and they're like ready to fight you. You know, they're like, they are, That that's what happens. So using I statements and saying like, hey, I experienced this and this is how it made me feel. And I truly just at the end of the day, don't feel safe, don't feel comfortable, don't feel honored or respected, don't feel whatever it is, whatever it is for you. And therefore, I, I really, I unfortunately cannot be with you anymore. And, um, I wanted to be honest with you just because I didn't want to, uh, you know, sugarcoat the situation in the hopes that maybe this is something you can look into and grow from, but this is not going to work for me. And I'm going to be moving forward along with my life. Mm. You end it from there. And, um, depending on the severity of the breakup, you can, in some cases, be friends, but it's not, it really, really depends. Um, it depends how long you dated that person. It depends how severe the the breakup was. Um, it depends if you were physical and how physical you were. And so I actually have lots of friends that are guys that I dated or went on dates with, but, none of those situations ended poorly um, or if they ended sort of poorly, it's been a few years and we've since reconciled. There's been a reconciliation and we're, we're friends. Now friends is a loose term. I don't, contact them very often. They're more acquaintances. They're people that like, I don't have any bad blood with, but they're not the person that I'm texting and telling them what date I'm going on. You know, that that kind of a friend. Um, But if you dated this person for quite a long time and it has been, or it is a rough sort of breakup, I highly recommend my number one piece of advice when you break things off is to go cold turkey and not even think about our friendship at that moment. God may bring you together as friends in the future, potentially, he can redeem all things. But right now is not the point, the moment to do that. Right now is the moment to heal and focus on God and your healing journey, and for them to heal and focus on God and their healing journey. And so I, am, I feel very adamantly about that, um, that if you have been dating for quite a while, and especially if the breakup is harder, Do not try to be friends right away. That is an unhealthy decision for pretty much everyone. You need to focus on your healing journey. And I know that's hard news. I know it sucks, especially if you're listening to this, but like, but they were my best friend, but we're in the same community. I know it's still possible to have a breakup and be in the same community. And it is possible. You can do it. You are strong. You can seek support around you best thing for yourself to do is not even think about a friendship and just focus on your healing journey. Mm-hmm.
0: So some some harder advice in there, but <laughs> I think it's important. No, it's so good. And like everything you've said, just so wise. So we have three listener questions that I'm so excited to ask you. They are sent in um, by women who listen to the podcast and they are so, so good. The first question that we are going to answer is from Valerie and she asks, should I let somebody in who previously hurt me? and give them a second chance. Example.
1: You don't owe them an answer right away. You And it's much better and much wiser to take some time to think about it and pray about it. Thank them for their honesty, vulnerability, and say, I'm going to take some time to think about it. Unless it's very clear to you, it's a no. It's a very, if it's a very clear no, say it's no. But if you're like, I don't know, then take some time to truly discern. And you want to make your decisions out of wisdom and taking time, does allow for the, for wisdom to sink in. When you make quick decisions, it's often that you're making them on an emotional, in an emotional way versus making them from a place of true rootedness, groundedness, and wisdom with God, you know, with God truly speaking into that decision. And so I would say pause and consult those people. Sometimes God does bring people back together. Actually, was just with a friend last night where she and the person she was with years ago, they, they dated for a few months. It, they broke off. And then after months of like being apart, they did come back together. They did get married and now they're expecting a baby in a few weeks. And it's amazing. And so God does sometimes bring people back together, but I, but what she did was awesome. She, she, you know, consulted her friends, her closest people, consulted God before she rushed into anything. And they did take it slow upon re-entry into their relationship. And it worked awesome for them. Obviously they're in a great marriage. So it does sometimes happen, but you got to know yourself and you got to know your tendencies and you have to know why you want to go back to this person. Is it because you're lonely? Is it because you want love? Is it because you miss things about this person none of those are great reasons to get back with someone um but if god is like hey this person has changed give them another shot see what they can do if you feel that inkling if your friends closest friends are giving you that kind of advice then maybe it is something you can consider so that's what i would say for that gabrielle
0: that is so good. So the next question comes from Annalise and she says, How do I know if someone is genuine or pretending?
1: Oh my goodness. This is, the, the basic answer for this is you need to see them through time. Then you need to see them through time. I when I date, I don't commit to being any in the past. Obviously I'm engaged at the moment, so I'm not dating anymore. <laughs> Just to clarify for everyone. However, when I previously in my life was dating, I learned this tool that I love, which is I would try to not commit to anyone for 90 days, a period of three months. I would date them, go on dates. I, I wouldn't see them every day, but I wanted to see them through time. Um, and I think this is really, really important. Before you rushed into a relationship, develop a friendship with that person and see who they are through a little bit of time. And Which means don't be physical with them. None of those sorts of things. Just focus on building a friendship and getting to know the person because there are people that can fake who they are for basically three months. And then after three months, you start seeing who they really are. Um, There's a great book from a psychologist, a Christian psychologist, and it's called How to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk and by Dr. John Van Epp. And it's a really awesome book. And it will also recommend very similar things amid a whole bunch of other tools. So I'd recommend also if if you have trouble figuring out if somebody is genuine or if they are faking it till they make it, get that book and and start unraveling even some of the things within you that wants to trust people but doesn't know how to trust the right kind of people. Because there's something there that you could probably start working on for yourself as well.
0: So good. Like all your answers. And the last, last question is from Kelly. And she sent in and she asked, how do I know if I'm ready to date again after leaving a horribly toxic relationship?
1: Really horrible situation. I'm so sorry that you went through that. Um, Time is your best friend. Focus on your healing journey. And um, really – Some of the keys you'll know when you're ready to date again. Do you love where you are in your life? Do you love your life as is? Do you love who you are? Answer all those questions. Journal the answers to those questions. Um, And then consequently, outside of that, you can ask yourself, does the thought of your ex really trigger you into a really hard place. Um, I'm not going to say that you'll never, if if it was toxic and potentially abusive in any way, I am not going to sit here and say that the, that will never, ever, ever trigger you ever again. And that is the place I'm not going to say that that's the place you need to get to in order to date again, because I don't believe that. However, I do believe that healing is such a journey and there are seasons where we have equipped ourselves with tools, with processing that when that, we're not as triggered by the thought of that person or those things. And if we do get triggered, then we know we, we built and we built tools that we can use and grab that tool off your tool belt when that, when that trigger comes up, so you know how to deal with it. And so those are some of the, the questions I would ask yourself. And within that, I don't know how long it's been for you, but try to not let the world or anybody shame you or rush you in the process. There is no rush to just get back out there. And, you know, this whole shooting on ourselves, which is like, I should be ready now. I should be okay. I I shouldn't be thinking of him anymore is not helping you because all it's doing is putting you into more layers of shame, which blocks you from the love of God and blocks you from being able to truly heal. And so no matter how long it's been, that's okay. Give yourself grace and, um, and continue to work on yourself until you can answer some of those questions in an honest and courageous and confident way. Mm,
0: That is so good. Thank you so much for just all your wisdom you shared today and just taking the time to come hang out with us on the inspiring honey show. You are just so filled with wisdom, my friend.
1: Oh, such a delight, Gabrielle. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, thank you for being here. And how can the listeners today connect more with you, follow along with you, and and just be able to learn from you?
1: Yes. You guys can visit heartofdating.com where we have the podcast. We have our Drop the Hanky dating program, my book. You can join our community, which we have like thousands of singles doing life together on Facebook and doing private groups and hanging out. It's a bunch of fun on Instagram. We are, my personal Instagram is at Kateness, K-A-I-T-N-E-S-S. And then Heart of Dating is at Heart of Dating. And so come join us. Um, we'd love to have you in the community
0: so awesome thank you so much friends Friends, I just want to thank you so much for hanging out on today's podcast episode it was so fun and I hope that you just feel so inspired and refreshed by this conversation don't forget to enter this month's giveaway by going ahead and leaving a rating and a review for this podcast taking a screenshot and sending it to me I am so excited about this giveaway and I can't wait to see who wins. This is literally so exciting. So don't forget to leave a rating and a review so that you're entered to win this month's giveaway.